Grace, mercy, and peace to you from him who is, from him who was, and from him who still is to come, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation today from the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter 4, reading verses 19 through 24. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So far, the words of our text. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, our Savior, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to be here and worship with you once again. I'm, I'm honored to be here this day, to be able to encourage you with God's word at this very special point in your congregational history. It's great to be back and to see so many familiar faces. I admit the names are not coming quite as quickly as the faces, but it's also great to see so many new faces since the time that I served here. God has certainly blessed your ministry. I'm thankful to be part of today and pray that God blesses his word among us. You know, I wonder what, what happened to Kodak. Remember Kodak? Some of you might never have even heard of that company. But 40 years ago, they were at the top of the film and camera industry. Did you know Kodak developed the first digital camera in 1975? It's pretty incredible. The problem is they sat on that information because they didn't quite understand who they were and what they were about. They thought they were about film and processing and didn't really understand they were all about capturing people's memories. And in 2012, they filed bankruptcy. They got stuck glorying in the, the successes of their past, lost sight of who they were and what they're all about, and now they are no more. Or what about Blockbuster Video? They too were at the top of their industry at one time. They opened their first video rental store as the, the store with the largest selection of titles, 6,500. That was Pretty innovative in 1985. By 1990, they had 1,000 stores. By 2005, 6,000 stores, and yet they filed for bankruptcy in 2010. They too thought they were all about videotapes and DVDs and lost sight of the fact they were really about providing entertainment for people. They gloried in their past. They failed to adapt to the environment around them, and now they are no more. I think those are important thoughts to think about as you gather to celebrate 
100 years of God's grace. It's easy to lose sight of who you are and and to forget what you're all about if you spend all your time glorying in the present and looking in the rearview mirror of the past. I remember my driving instructor emphasizing many years ago that you're not going to get anywhere if you spend all your time looking in the rearview mirror. All you're going to do is crash. Now you spent a lot of your anniversary year looking back to the past, and that's a good thing. It's good and right to look back to the past and, and count the blessings God has bestowed on you. It's right to give thanks to God for the blessings He's chosen to give you over the last hundred years through faithful servants who served you like Hazi and Engelbrecht and Nass and Reimers and Liggett and Wong and the like. It's good to be reminded of the sacrifices your founding families made to establish this congregation and the tireless sacrifices your lay leaders gave as they worked to carry out this ministry over the years. It's good. It's good to thank God for the way that your families have been touched through the, through the various ministries carried out here, pioneers. Jesus loves me learning center. Jesus cares, campus ministry, risen savior and the like. All of this is good and right to take stock of blessings and to give thanks to God. But the truth is your celebration ends today. And if all of you that you've done during this time is look back to the past, it doesn't help you see where you're going in the future. You don't want to be stuck glorying in the past and lose sight of who you are and what you're all about. You are the church. Those bought with the precious blood of Christ our Savior. Made dear children of God through faith worked by the Holy Spirit. You are the church. Those tasked with the mission of going out into this world to make disciples for Jesus. By proclaiming the truth of his word. To nurture those who already know him and to reach out to those who don't. The gospel of Jesus will never change. It has not changed in the last 100 years. The last 2,000 years, it will not change going forward in the future. The mission God gave to his church will not change. Your mission today is the same as it was 100 years ago, 2,000 years ago, and it will not change going forward into the future. But the culture and the climate into which that message is preached, has changed. It does change. I would argue it's ever-changing. And so it is essential for God's people to be alert to the opportunities before them and ready to adapt the way they preach that message so that they can effectively communicate it to people they serve. So my question for you today is simple. Where will you go from here? This congregation is a, a storied congregation full of challenges in the past God has seen you through and full of blessings that he has generously poured out on you. But the truth is, as you look to the future, the, 
the slate is blank. There are a myriad of, of, of opportunities just waiting for you to, to, to reach as you proclaim the message of Jesus. More importantly, there are people right in this community, in this city, in your neighborhood, some of you in your own families. We need to hear the life-saving gospel message of Jesus. There are people that you know whom God has elected to be his people who need to know about the forgiveness of sin and the certainty of eternal life that comes through Jesus our Lord. And here's the really cool thing. You are the people God brought together at this place, at this time, to bring that gospel message to them. It's good to look back to the past, but to do so always with an eye on the future. It's good for each one of you to ask that question, what part will I play in carrying that gospel ministry forward as we move into the next 100 years? The question is easy. Where will you go from here? Now, it's interesting to me in Scripture, whenever God set up landmarks or memorials for his people to remember the past, it was always with an eye to the future. In our text, as Joshua set up this memorial of 12 stones at Gilgal to help the people remember what God had done in bringing them across the Jordan, he did so with his thought on the future. Listen to what he said. He said, in the future... When your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Well, they certainly were to look back and remember what God had done. The focus here is on teaching future generations about what God had done for them. God didn't want Israel sitting there on the banks of the Jordan and basking in the glory what he had done for them. He had work for them to do. He wanted them to be active going forward and teaching their descendants what God had done, how he had used that power to provide for them in the past. And he did that to give them confidence he would continue to do the same for them in the future. You see, really, this crossing of the Jordan wasn't the end for the people of Israel. It, their work was just beginning. It had been 40 years since they left the land of Egypt. And their journey across the desert had been long and arduous. They had encountered many nations that were larger than them and more powerful. They traveled through a wilderness lacking food and water. And now God had finally brought them across the Jordan River and into the land that he had promised to their forefathers. The temptation for them would be to take that deep breath and let off the gas and say, Whew, we finally made it. But the work was just beginning. They still had to conquer the land and establish their cities. They still had to divide the land among the 12 tribes of Israel and, and settle it. That wouldn't be easy. You remember the report the 12 spies brought back when they scouted out the land 40 years earlier. They said, the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. They couldn't just sit back 
and rest on their laurels. They needed to keep moving forward to carry out the work God had for them to do. They would still come on nations that were larger and more powerful than them, and they would be tempted to forget God's promises and be afraid. There are times that the situation would look very bleak, and they would be tempted to to doubt God's promises and lose hope. The work would be hard and difficult. They would become tired and weary and burdened, and the temptation was to lose heart. But God promised to bless their work. He promised to give them this land to conquer the peoples. And so he set up this memorial for them to remember how God had used his power in love to protect them in the past. To give them confidence, he would continue to do the same as they went forward into the future. They look back to the past with their eye on the future. I, I see this anniversary service today serving much the same purpose. Today, we're not focused on the past. Yes, we remember the great blessings that God has given us, that he's blessed you with. But we do so with an eye on the future. We do this with our eyes cast on that mission that God has set before us to teach future generations what God has done for them. See, the temptation for you today is to say, whew, we made it. There was a lot of work, a lot of effort put into this last year. You listen to your musicians and all the the effort and work that they've put into preparing for today and and, and, and the work with the dinner, and it's tempting to just, after today, let out a big sigh and go, we made it. That's not what we're celebrating today. The truth is, today is really nothing more than a pit stop along the way. A time for us to, to re- be refreshed, renewed, re-energized, to pick this banner up and continue moving forward into the future. See, one of the things we remember as we look back to the past is that the church is not just a place you come to once a week for most of the year, except during Advent and Lent when you come twice and holidays when you come more than that. The church is a living organism where God's people are actively using God's word to nurture those who believe and to reach out to the lost. That's not just who your pastors are or your teachers are, or your lay leaders are. That's who every one of you are. You are the church. You are the ones God brought out of the darkness of sin into his wonderful light so that you can declare his praises to the world. You are the holy nation, the royal priesthood, the people belonging to God, equipped and tasked to go make disciples for Jesus. How easy it is for us to lose sight of that. How easy it is for us to to sit back and rest on our laurels and glory in the successes God brought us in the past. How easy it is for us to become comfortable with what we have and sit back and let others do the work for us. How easy it is to just see this as a place for us 
to be served rather than a place for us to serve. How easy it is to use excuses why we can't be involved in that work. Excuses like, I don't know what to say. I'm not equipped for that. I've got plenty of other things to do. Friends, that doesn't just make us lazy and complacent and careless in our Christianity. That goes directly against what God's will for us as his people is. That makes it sin. Sin, as all sin is, which is punishable before God with death. Just reminds us, God never promised that this congregation wouldn't fail. He promised the Holy Christian Church, that church with a capital C, would never fall. But he never promised St. Paul's and North Mankato would never fail. It's a blessing of his grace that for 100 years, God has has continued to allow a place where you can hear his word taught in the truth and purity and where you can gather to worship him. But the success of the past doesn't guarantee success in the future. This service today only reminds us of how determined we need to be in carrying that mission forward for the next 100 years. We're thankful that Jesus, when he came into this world, never became lazy or complacent or careless or lost sight of his mission. Instead, he was laser focused on that mission, living the perfect life that you and I can't, taking that to Calvary's cross where he willingly suffered the hell that you and I deserve, and then rising from the grave to free us from the guilt and the shame of our sins and to give us the certainty of eternal life. That's the joy of the gospel message. Jesus died for all of your sins. He freed you from slavery to the devil and guaranteed you the certainty of eternal life. God did that not only so that you would live with him for heaven, but so that you would serve him now. He did that so you would have a message that you could take to the world and share with them. You see, you know firsthand the grace and the power of God in your life. Through that faith, he worked in you by the Holy Spirit. You have a message, a story that you can bring to those in your neighborhood, in your city, at work. And you just never know whose heart that gospel message is going to touch. I learned recently that a member of mine from Tampa died suddenly of a massive heart attack at age 53. Six, seven years ago, John didn't really know Jesus. He certainly had no certainty of forgiveness of sins and the salvation Jesus offered. What he needed was a private school for his son. And so he enrolled Jack in our school. And as we got to know John, John started coming to church slowly at first, but more regularly after a while. Over the years, I talked with John. He eventually came into Bible information class, and I heard his confession of faith in Jesus as his Savior as he stood before God's altar at his adult confirmation. John shared with me the certainty that he had in salvation, the joy of forgiveness through Jesus. None of us at the time knew how little time John had left on this earth. Yet John is in heaven today because we were focused on reaching out. This, this time through our school, 
focused on proclaiming the message of Jesus to souls who needed to hear it. You have those same opportunities before you right here. Not only is it good to give thanks for the past, it's even more important to keep that mission in front of you as you seek to proclaim God's message to this world. Just think what great things God could do for his kingdom. If every one of God's people here were using their time, their talents, and the treasures to the very best of their abilities. What's your part in that mission? What role are you going to play in carrying that mission out? How are you in your life going to carry out that mission? God brought you all together from various places, with various backgrounds, with various interests, talents, and abilities. And don't think that happened by accident. God doesn't work haphazardly. He sits on heaven's throne, guiding and ruling the affairs of this world for the good of his people. That means he brought you together at this place, at this time, for this purpose. To make an impact for his kingdom and this community. And through the proclamation of his word, win more souls for him. So we give thanks. We give thanks for the faithful pastors and teachers who have served you over 100 years. We give thanks for the faithful, hardworking, dedicated lay leaders who've sacrificed so much time and energy and money to support and carry out the ministry of this congregation. We give thanks for the thousands of lives, yea, thousands of eternities that were touched through the work of this congregation. I give thanks for the years that I was able to serve here and work alongside of you in carrying out this gospel work. But now we look to the future. Now we look for the opportunities that continue to lay in front of us. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't glory in the success of the past. Keep your eyes looking forward to the opportunities in front of you. Be active. Pursue those opportunities with all the zeal that God could give. Just wonder what, what will happen in the next 150 or, or, or 200 years. What blessings God will continue to bestow on you. Keep asking yourself that question. Where will we go from here? Amen.